Welcome in to the first ever Doyle and Derek podcast here at IndyStar.com. I'm Derek Schultz of Fox Sports 1260 locally in Indianapolis. And the star of the show, though, is the man sitting to the right of me, Greg Doyle, IndyStar columnist. This is fun, man. We've been wanting to talk about doing this forever. And now here we are sitting in an empty room by ourselves with a bunch of equipment. And I, I feel like that dream is being realized. Yeah, it's, right? every, it's everything we thought it would be and less. We've uh, got like armless mannequins in here and uh, no, and that's a closet. Actually, that's actually our last uh, sports columnist. Oh, boy. That's what's his name. Yeah. That's who you have to follow here. Uh, but I'm excited about this. this will, I think this will be a lot of fun to you know, have something a little bit new uh, for us to do. People read your work. I, I hope people listen to my show, but you and I have had a, a friendship for a while here, and I think this will be a lot of fun for people to listen to. So thanks so much. Even if you didn't even click the play button, and this is just auto-playing right now of your speakers, thanks so much for, <laughs> for tuning us into the first edition of the podcast. We know that happens quite a bit. By the way, really quick, and, and we'll get to the good stuff in a heartbeat, but um, my, my bosses and I were talking about me doing a podcast and I swear that week you texted me and said, hey, would you like to talk? I mean, it was that week. It was very, yeah. very strange. So a little Big Brother-esque action going on. It, it was all meant to be, Greg. I think that's these, these are the stars aligning and everything like that. I think that's what this means. Uh, Colts game week finally is here. It feels like they started camp two months ago, not two weeks ago. And unfortunately, I would love to sit here and talk about, oh, the offense, the defense, the rookie class. But again, for the second camp in a row – it's hard to get past this Andrew Luck health storyline, isn't it? Even even if it's not big of a, that big of a deal, it is clearly the number one story as we head into a new season. It is too bad that we're not um, simulcast. Is that the word for it? Where people could watch? Sure. It's too bad we're not, and maybe it's too good we're not simulcast. Uh, <laughs> but I just this morning, my, my kid is staying with me this summer. He's an in, intern at the Indy Zoo. He gets up at 530. He's out by 6. So I already wrote a story this morning for, you know, for – to be transparent, it's about 11 o'clock right now, 10 o'clock in the morning. I already written a story for Thursday's paper. It'll be online tomorrow, I guess. I wrote that. I wrote, there's a lot going on at camp that's good. I mean, mm-hmm. There's a lot going This team's a lot better, except for, uh, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you like to play? I sure. mean, it's, but you're right. It's, there's so much here with the Colts that's so exciting, and yet, Andrew. We just can't get by it because of the history what happened in 2017, I still think, is very fresh for a lot of people. And whether it's fair or unfair, Colts fans have a – I'm not sure if it's a heavy distrust, but it's at least a slight distrust with the organization when it comes to transparency with these sort of injuries, I think, given what happened two years ago, don't you? Is, isn't there something in the back of your head that says, wait a minute, two years ago, Andrew said everything was fine and the Colts said everything was fine, and then, oh my God, it wasn't fine – doesn't that stick with you now, even in 2019? Well, it does, but I think to be fair to everybody, um, and let me, be, let me be clear about this, I like Andrew so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like Andrew Luck so much. In fact, I see him sometimes, and I'm stupid this way, but I, I sometimes think, how come he and I don't hang out in the offseason? I literally think that. <laughs> I like him that much, and I think we'd get along. Um, having said all of that, and I'm not even sure I blame him for this, but if you talk about the distrust and the secrecy, that's all Andrew. Mm-hmm. The Colts are taking his lead. You're right. And so it, people – and it's it's much easier to hate the Colts and to be mad at Ursa or Ballard or whatever. It's much easier to be mad at the at the entity and not mad at the guy that we like. And we all like Andrew. But this is all Andrew. Andrew's the one not only controlling the information, but he's the one telling the Colts, you guys think I'm okay. I'm telling you I'm not okay. I'm not practicing right now. And that's on Andrew and, and, and we, after what we saw two years ago and Jim Ursa talking about the four inches of real estate between Andrew's ears – He's 
obviously a deep thinker, and he's thinking about this a whole lot. I'm not sure if he's overthinking it, but he's it's it's in his head as much as his calf right now. While we're talking about trust, Greg, and I was just mentioning the fans and the organization, do you believe that there might be not that the Colts medical staff is intentionally trying to steer everybody wants Andrew Luck to be healthy. Luck wants to be healthy. The Colts want him to be healthy. The fans want him to be healthy. Everybody. I'm not trying to suggest otherwise. But is there a bit of a divide between how Andrew Luck might want to handle this injury and rehab compared to how the Colts might want to handle it? And and again, I'm going to bring up 2017, but it felt like the real turning point of his rehab then was when he left Indy and went overseas, and then suddenly he comes back, and it looks like everything is cooking again. Yeah, clearly they are not on the same page. They weren't two years ago, and I, I don't know about right now, but I I was struck when the Colts announced that you know Lux were shutting him down for the week, and one week has become two, and we'll see what it becomes. That's why we're all kind of scared right now. Mm-hmm. Is that it was last week? It was. A week, and now it's two, and we'll see. Um, the fact that when they announced that, Frank Reich said, I want to make this clear, Andrew's driving this bus. And he didn't say that in a way like I'm throwing him under the bus. He just he wanted us all to know that this is Andrew. This is Andrew's decision and all that, which tells me that the Colts think that, that he could probably play. At the same time, because they're smart people and they're good people, they, what they don't want is their $100 million quarterback to hurt himself, and if he thinks he might re-aggravate it, they're going to listen to him. But they, the pain is not such that he's limping. So they're, they're at the mercy of Andrew saying, here's how much it hurts, because they don't know. And, and just like all of us, we all think, how does a calf strain hurt four months later? Yeah, and I'm fascinated with how this is all working for him mentally because he's given us much more of a glimpse in the last couple of weeks about that, about where his head was when he was going through everything that he was going through and he got married this offseason. And when when things like that happen, major life events happen, priorities change and your mentality change and how you've used things. But I, I feel like Luck seemingly has be, been very open and honest about where he's been mentally. And I wonder how much of this – let's say it was two years ago right now and he's dealing with a calf. I wonder if he thinks to himself, well, I'm just going to play through this. I'm good. It's, it's not that much pain. I, I want to be out there for my teammates. And now in 2019, he's thinking, God, you know what? With everything that I've been through, i got to nip this in the bud. i got to take care of this right now. And, it's, and it sucks that I have to shut myself down, but I'm doing a disservice to myself and to my team if I don't do that. There's no question that his – behavior his decisions right now are informed by 2017 he's even said that um he's not going to do what he did in 2017 I, i'm not sure he's ever said he skipped steps but he's indicated that he maybe ignored a, a small flashing yellow sign mm-hmm. and ignored it and it became a red stop sign and he's just saying he's not going to do that this year um he does thank thank the presence of his wife he thanks the presence of his he says help outside the building, and I feel like he's talking about psychologists maybe in, in addition to a whole bunch of other stuff. I do feel like Andrew has, has and I don't mean to make this too much about his head, I just do think I, – I Oh, it's a big part of the equation, isn't it? As much as it is the physical thing, it's the mental thing. Got to be, and, and I – as someone who's – and I, I'm only going to compare myself to Andrew only in the in – the, not the physical sense at all, but the mental sense. I get it. I get that if your brain thinks a certain thing or if, if your brain's worried about something or whatever – once something's in your head a little bit, and Lord knows he's earned the right to have injury in his head. He's mm-hmm. earned that right. His, you know, his spleen or his kidney was put back together, probably both of them, shoulder, concussion. He's earned the right to have these things get in his head now. And, but once it's in your head, especially when you think as much as he does, it's hard to get it out. With where we sit today, and the Colts haven't played their first preseason game yet, and we knew that Luck wasn't going to play 
in this game against Buffalo regardless, so it's it's not that much of a panic. If he misses the Browns game, then maybe you start to be a little bit more concerned. But, you know, gun to your head, do you believe that he actually misses any time this year with this specific injury? Well, there is no chance he plays against the Browns. That's ne- that's a second preseason yeah. game. There's no chance. He is not playing. The fact cuz Reich was asked about that and said, "I don't know, we'll get worry about that later." That to me that's that's You don't even think that's in play. No. Mm. No, no, there's I think the over-under on Luck in the preseason is, does he play at all? The over-under is not game two. The over-under is and, – and I guess it would be game three, I guess. Just, but, but I think in Luck's case, we all know game four is a garbage game. Yeah, you don't play that anyway, but, even if you're healthy. But if they want to get him four snaps, one series, four snaps, drop back one time, throw a pass, and they want to give him a lot of time to recoup, I can see Andrew Luck being that rare superstar that plays in game four only because he, they didn't want to hold him out for week three. Now you're asking me about the regular season. Um at the, I, I listen. We've all been through what we've been through, and in, it's kind of like until I see him on the field, I don't know when he's going to play yeah. again. I mean, again, and I, don't, I don't mean that really, but do I think he's going to miss game one? I think it's on the table. And you you look at the opponent too, the Chargers on the road. That's a team that people expect to be contenders in the AFC, um, and a team that even though I don't know how much the 2005 or 2007 Colts have to do with this, a team the Colts have a really crappy history against. The Chargers have owned them for a long, long time. You know, that's a game where you you want to have luck out there for every game, but that's a game especially that you want to have luck out there for. I think what would be really interesting, Greg, is when we get into next week and the Browns come here for the scrimmages. Those are more important even than the games. So if luck isn't taking major reps in those team scrimmages against Cleveland, that's where I probably raise my eyebrows and think, okay, well, at that point, then I would worry, really be concerned about week one of the games that actually count. Well, then go ahead and get your eyebrows raised because he's <laughs> – You don't think he's even going to participate in those? Well, some, but you, yeah. you look at when he came back um, this season, you know, the training camp, they put him out there for some one-on-one drills or you know, some individual drills. He did not play in the 7-on-7, 11-on-11. They didn't put him out there against teammates. He is not stepping on foot on the field with a Brown within half a mile of him. That, we're not going to see him on the field. If, you, if that's what you're talking about, if you're talking about like live action, live reps against Browns defenders, I mean, I, I'm not a betting man, but I feel pretty good saying this. Everything I own says, no way in hell is that happening. No way. I don't want to get too cart in front of the horse here. But if, let's say, God forbid, I'll knock on – this is wood, right? This table that we have here? I this think it's wood. Is, Gannett doesn't own real yeah. wood. <laughs> this, is, this is plastic painted brown. So let's say, hypothetically, worst-case scenario, luck is to miss significant time this year. Because I saw some people kind of kicking this idea around about Jacoby Brissett. And, you know, what would their record be with Brissett? What do you think it would be with Brissett if he was – Let's just take a 16-game season, just like in 2017. But two years later, obviously this roster is more talented, but where would this team be? Well, the roster's more talented. The coach is better. Ballard's had two years here. Um, so I, I, was, I almost said, well, we know what happens when Jacoby plays, Derek. They go 4-12, and 12, but yeah. we, don't, we don't know that. Um, having said that, this is not last year's schedule. Like the, the, You're right. The common thought is that the yeah. Colts very well – could and will be better if Luck's healthy than they were a year ago, but they might not be 11-5 and because the schedule's tougher. So how does Brissett do l- – l- too many variables here, but I think they can be an 8-8 eight and eight team with Brissett, but do I think they're a playoff team with Brissett? Uh, I, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't think so. Not with this schedule in this division, right? Right, yeah, and I, and I like Br- Jacoby. I think he's got to be one of the best two or three backups in the NFL. Got to be, yeah. and, and, and the Colts think he's – they think he's a top – well, Frank Reich has said, he's told Jacoby, you're a top 20, you're a starter in this league. But there's a reason. I wrote that this morning too, and it'll be, it'll be online soon. But there's a reason why 
Ballard had the chance to trade Jacoby all summer. And now we know, oh, the calf. I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the reason he kept him, but that was certainly a reason to keep him. Yeah, for sure. And the Colts, we don't know what the offers were. There was a, a rumor that Seattle had offered a second-round pick, I think, at one point. Um, they would get a compensatory pick. So if if they did, let's say, Brissett plays out this year and then goes into free agency, the Colts technically would get something back. It's just um, – you know, you wonder what that would be. I've been told by somebody who would know. I mean, I don't know what else to say. That they were never offered anything beyond a third day pick. Yeah. Okay. So that that's what rounds four through seven. Yeah. I said they were never they were never offered because I asked where you guys offered a first rounder. I was told we weren't even offered a second. Okay. Because I just saw that Seattle thing on Twitter in passing. I have no idea if that was legit or not. And even if it was Seattle, you probably figured that that was going to be a later second-round pick even there. Now, if that's happened in the last two months, I take it back. But sure. I, was, I was asking with people. This was months ago. Yeah, okay. this was a long time ago that I saw this rumor. I, oh, okay, I have no idea I, if it's legit or not. I don't believe that for yeah, a second. I, I'll actually – I'll believe your guy if, if you say that he knows because what you see on Twitter, you never know what you see on Twitter, right? Uh, let's talk about the schedule, Greg, because – you bring up a good point, and I think it's one of the big storylines of the season. It's really tough in August to look at a team and know who they're going to be in December. Because if you remember last year right now, we're looking at the two Jaguars games thinking, oh, well, the Jaguars are going to be Super Bowl contenders. Right. Those are going to be two. And the Colts obviously ended up losing in Jacksonville 6 nothing. Uh, four hours of my life that I'll never get back. <laughs> but you, uh, weren't, you weren't there for that. Well, yeah, I right. was there for that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Uh, but this division, I, I think – does not include a bad team. So the the floor, I'm not sure what the ceiling is for some of these other teams in the division, Houston, Jacksonville, Tennessee, but I'm, the floor to me isn't very low. And then at the Chargers, at the Chiefs, at the Saints, I don't care how good or bad Pittsburgh is. You go there, yeah. that's a tough place to play. This schedule is much, much better, as you mentioned. Yeah, and, and you mentioned uh, the, the Colts would like to have him for that Chargers game. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear that and I think, you know what? Uh, I mean, we'll see if, if he's on the field for game three in the preseason then I'm sure he's fine but if he can just barely if he if they only feel good to give him a few snaps in game four of the preseason I'm wondering if they look at that Chargers game and think on the road against that team let's give another week off yeah so but yeah this schedule is they're gonna need to outscore some teams and Jacoby is more than a game manager but he's not a I mean, he's not. You're, I don't think Jacoby wins you games 35-31. And if he, and if he won four games, all four games in seventeen by the exact exact score of thirty five thirty one, don't I feel stupid? <laughs> but even if we're to assume, let's take the happy rainbow assumption here that Andrew Luck plays sixteen games, he's fine. He has the MVP contending season that some people are expecting from him. Even with that, uh, a healthy Luck and a, and an All Pro level Luck, I mean, this is going to be a difficult slate for them. I think there's a really good chance, Greg, that. Um, and, and you kind of alluded to this early in our conversation, that they're a better team across the board next year or this coming year, but they still only end up 10-6 and six or right around there like they were last year just because the schedule, especially the second half of the schedule, is, is far more arduous than it was a year ago. I got to say, if let's you know, make the assumption luck is fine and, and full speed for game one, um, I know that I know I brought it up but because people are saying they could be better and their record's going to be worse. Um, I, I think this team's. You're high on them. I'm high on them. Yeah. If luck is. If luck is okay. If he's okay, twelve, thirteen win. I, I mean, this team could be really damn good because the the defense has gotten. I mean, they've made that defense better. Like, I think, uh, I think EJ Speed is going to be special. 
Mm. Like, I think he's going to be special. They drafted him to back up Darius Leonard, and he's already forcing his way into starting reps a lot at that outside linebacker opposite Leonard. They kind of never knew who the guy was last year. It was Matt Adams and Sky Moore and Zaire Franklin, a bunch of great names, but none of them are great players. Anyway, I, I think Speed's special, but I think Rocky Sin – I mean, every day he's doing something in training camp, and they're still not calling him a starter yet, which is kind of weird to me because he'll be starting at some point. I, their receivers, you look at who they're going to have to let go at receiver. I mean, they're letting go somebody good yeah. at receiver. So, anyway, I, I'm very, very high on them. But, again, as we said earlier, it's all about Andrew. Other observations just from your time so far at Westfield, anything else? You mentioned EJ Speed. Anybody else individually or any – let's say, position groups, uh, just the defense as a unit, which I hear has been really winning uh, basically every single day up there, albeit against a, a QB2 and Jacoby Brissett. What sticks out to you from what you've seen so far, Greg? Um, well, the, the receiving core is ridiculous. Uh, the tight ends are ridiculous, specifically two guys, <clears throat> Darius Fountain. He's this year's Deion Kane. Now, last year Kane was a rookie and Fountain was too, and, but – Fountain's this year's guy receiver, like, holy cow, look at what Darius Fountain did last night. I mean, he, uh, he had a 50-yard bomb yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day he does something. And Kane's not quite what he was last training camp, but he's really good. But then tight end, um, I like him a lot. So sometimes I'm jaded on I want a guy I like to be, to be better than he probably is. But Mo Alley-Cox, he's – I mean, he's if he's a third tight end, he's the best damn third tight end in, in the history of football. I mean, he's and Jack Doyle's hurt right now, so he might be the second tight end. Yeah. But but Mo Ali Cox could be. A, I mean, he could be special, like special. What I like about a lot of the skill position groupings, uh, specifically wide receiver and tight end, is the Colts have a lot of guy who a lot of guys who have really high ceilings. Right? I mean, if 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 Devin Funches. Ugh really hits like Ebron hits Devin Funches looks like a dude that should be all world like if you were sculpting a football player out of stone he would look like Devin Funches yet you look at what he did in Carolina and you're like and even at Michigan I mean I remember in in college thinking to myself oh man this guy's a really intimidating presence and he was a really productive player there but he, he just has seemed to lack that oomph and you wonder the Colts got so lucky with Ebron last year where he was a stiff in Detroit, right? He didn't do anything. He was booed out of there. But he looked like he had the physical tools to be really good. He comes here. The Colts utilize him the right way. I, I wonder if Lightning can strike twice with Funches because they're going to need him to step in and, and I think be the second receiver to Hilton, right? While, especially while these young guys come along. I mean, I know we're all high on Kane and Campbell and all these other guys, but at least Funches has a couple of years under his belt. Yeah, I think Chester Rogers would be the number two guy. He, he, he might be the five guy this year. That's how much better they've got at receiver. Yeah. Chester Rogers could be number five. Um, yeah, Funches, the first time I saw him in person was out at camp, and I, I just saw him wearing number 17, I think it was, and I, I thought when I, when I saw him, my, my brain said, oh, Mo Ali Cox changed numbers. And I realized Cox is 6'7", 270, sure. and, and Funches isn't that, but he was so big that I, that's where my brain went. And then I went and looked like, how big is Funches? And they say 6'4", 225, and I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. I look bigger than that to me. Um, but I, I'm just so dang high on everybody right now, it seems like. But, but Frank Reich has a track record. Like, he, no, he wasn't the guy in Philadelphia, but he was learning from the guy Peterson in Philadelphia, and he had a big role there. And then last year, we all saw what happened. So he's got a track record. He, he and Luck, but I guess it's both of them got Eric Ebron to become the first-round picker, but I thought you know, he was. So do I, th- I think Funches could have that breakthrough, too. I don't, 
I think Cam Newton is a is a great football player, but not a great pure quarterback. I mean, he's just more of just just a dominant impose my will on this game somehow. That's what he does. But I don't think they've got great offensive coaching in Carolina, and I don't think he's and he's you know he's been ripped by who was the guy that ripped him the former Florida State receiver, huge guy. Said can't you know Nats? I mean uh, Cam Newton's not very. Oh, accurate. Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not. And Benjamin is no expert on on the game of football, but but a good receiver walk comes out of there and says you know he wasn't very mm-hmm. good for my career. So if Funches comes here and puts up 50 catches for 900 yards, okay, I see it. Yeah, and you'll take that. I mean, it, it, the Colts are only – it's a one-year deal. It's a flyer. If Funches hits, great. If he doesn't, then whatever. You kind of move on. But he's, what, 25 years old? So you feel like maybe you still have something there. I, I just like – you mentioned Greg Reich and this staff, and I think the big knock on Pagano – and we all like Chuck Pagano as a person. I just didn't think of him, and I still don't think of him much as a head coach. Maybe he'll do okay as a coordinator again With in, that in, a, talent, in a more role. Yeah, anybody will, would, right? And he'll get hired again as a head coach in about yeah. three years. You yeah, you're probably right about that. But this staff, I, I'm really bullish on how they've been developing even in the early goings here uh, of some of these players, and I'd love to see the continued progress of, of some of these young guys. You know, one guy that I think we're kind of forgetting about that I, I haven't heard mentioned very much who had a really nice year last year very quietly who I think could really blow up is Marlon Mack, if he's healthy. Um, because last year he had the, what was it, a hamstring, I think, um, preseason. I think it was a hamstring in the preseason. It cost him a couple. He only played 12 games, and he, he had 900-something yards. Yeah, and I think if you if you include the playoffs, in, in 13 games he ran for 1,100 yards, yeah. something like that. And he had that huge, you mentioned the huge game in Houston. I yeah. mean, he was dominant in that game. Um, and I like what they have there with Naheem Hines as kind of the, the changeup you wrote about him this week. Um, and they can use him in a lot of different situations. He can catch. He can do a lot of different things. Um, I'm kind of interested to see what happens at the back end of the running back chart with now Deonta Foreman, who they took from the Texans, and you know, is Jordan Wilkins still that guy? Um, the nice thing, Greg, about camp is that we're focusing on like who the third running back is instead of hey, who's going to play? You know, tight end for them. Who's going to play? Who's going to be the the starting linebacker? You think about where we were in the last couple of Colts camps. You're just looking for bodies to fill spots, and now it feels like we've got some established players there at at critical spots of need. Yeah, there's a which actually puts a lot more of the attention and focus. Not that we need an excuse to do this, but on luck because mm-hmm. there's really no there's really nowhere else to wring your hands over. Nowhere else. Uh, the cornerbacks. I mean, Rocky Sin is is he's a legit starter, but so is Kenny Moore and Pierre Desir and Quincy Wilson's not bad. Safeties are fine. Linebackers. This is the best linebacker crew they've had since I've been here. It's the best defensive line they've had since I've been here. Yeah. Grover Stewart's killing people in camp, and he's our third string nose tackle. Mm-hmm. I think he makes the team, but he's killing people in camp, and he's our third stringer. Their offensive line we know is very good. We've already talked about tight ends and receivers, and, and you mentioned Marlon Mack and Hines, and we know Vinny and Rigoberto. So that leaves one spot. There's only one spot to worry about right now. And other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was that play that night? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, the whole, it's the whole kit and caboodle. It's the whole shebang. If he's not healthy, then it just kind of all turns to ash. Um, give me a breakout player and then give me a bust player for this year. So somebody that you think is really going to explode and then somebody who you think maybe uh, – there's always one or two guys, right, Greg, that, that disappoint you go, going into the season. Yeah, um, you know, and I've, I've highlighted a bunch of guys I'm high on. So, I mean, my, my breakout players would be speed. I think speed's going to mm-hmm. be much better than anybody realizes. And Mo Alley-Cox. I think those are the two guys. Because I, I think Jack Doyle, 
you know, he's got he's kind of like luck. He he gets hurt and it lingers, and and he you know his oblique right now is lingering. And so I think Moali Cox can get a whole lot of football thrown his way, and he's going to block. So I think Moali Cox is going to be really really good. And then EJ Speed, little Division two football player, but he's he's another guy that the first time I saw him like Funches, I like who is. I think he wears 50, 55, 56, uh, something. He's in the 50 speed. Whatever he was, I, I like, who is that guy? I'm looking through my roster. Who is that? Because I didn't recognize the number. He's a mm-hmm. rookie. And I didn't recognize the body. Like, who is that? So, EJ, and, and now he's getting starters reps. So, those are the two breakup guys. Now you're asking me to be mean. Who's going to be the disappointment? Um, I mean, there are a couple of candidates here. Houston and Funches were the two big ticket. Houston because of his age. Funches because he hasn't been super productive. And, and there are some guys, I almost feel bad for Paris Campbell in the sense that the Colts love him so much and are so effusive in their praise that I feel like if Campbell struggles early on, a lot of people will be like, hey, didn't, didn't you guys say this was like the next big thing? What happened? Yeah, and he's not going to get a whole lot of opportunity. I mean, I would think, unless he's just so super that they throw to him every time, that, that receiving core is so deep that he, he might get lost in the shuffle for a while. The guy that I think that has, has mattered around here for a couple of years that might disappear this year and another guy I really like a lot, but Chester Rogers. I think he's. Yeah. I think he's in trouble. I think because I think what he's done. He he filled a need. They needed a pro. They needed mm-hmm. somebody. You know, kind of like what, what was that? What was that guy that played with Luck? Griff Whalen. Of course, he's more productive than Whalen ever was. But they needed somebody that Luck trusts. Um, and his upside wasn't terribly high. But Chester Rogers, we know we're going to get out of you. We're going to play you. But they've got these guys now, and I'm including Pascal in that bunch too. Pascal's so athletic. He's our kickoff returner. Yeah. Chester's, and this really sums it up. Chester's a punt returner because he's reliable. Pascal's your kickoff returner because he's explosive. Pascal, Kane, Campbell, Funches, Hilton. You know, unless these guys off off a cliff and they're not reliable, that's where Chester comes to the rescue. But if those guys perform like I think they can, we might have seen the last of Chester, which would be too bad. Poor Griff Whalen, too, because <laughs> as good as he was here, and it's really a great story that he was able to hammer out a pro career, I think the lasting image of Griff is with Colt Anderson in that failed fake punt that disaster fake punt against new england right i mean that's what you're always at least that's what i'll always remember yeah and that was so much on pagano and pagano (laughs) afterwards said that's on me but he wouldn't tell us why yeah someone had to break it somewhere some i think i think mcafee is the one that kind of laid all that out he went on bob and tom and said hey this is he was never supposed to snap the ball, but we didn't practice it correctly. Clayton was, Gathers was the guy. Yeah, that's and right. Gathers he was got hurt, hurt that week. Yep. And so on game day, rather than rather than Chuck doing the smart thing and say, well, we're not going to run that play because the most important guy, the guy with the ball in his hands, in here. No, no, we'll just put somebody else there and hope that he knows what to do. So Pagano, it's, it's one thing to take to say, yeah, it's my fault. I'm the tough guy. Blame me. No, no. Tell us why you're the stupid guy. Yeah. Because that was stupid. And I love Chuck. I hate saying that too, but that's just the way that went down. Uh, I've been in, and you've been in more than I have. I've been in a lot of press boxes, and you're you're supposed to remain quiet in the press box. You know, there's some chatter in between the media types, but for the most part, for big for big plays and things like that, we try to stay quiet. But that was one of the only times that I can remember that there was an audible reaction from everybody when they snapped the ball because everybody's like, what are you doing? What is this? Um well, that's think, a play that'll live in infamy forever. Well, yeah, I think if you know, and you can look at, and that was at Lucas Oil, yeah, and you can look out the window at Lucas Oil, and you can see the skyline. I think it's the same reaction anybody would have had looking out the window and seeing a building just collapse. Yeah, like you don't, <laughs> you're not supposed to talk or make noise, but when something that that bizarrely insane, like that, that really just happened, happens, you kind of go nuts. It really was incredible. Um, how about a bold prediction for the season? I, okay. Um, I think I've said earlier that I can see Luck missing a game. I, I mean, I can see that. I, all I'm saying is that's not impossible. I think you'll be okay. Um, and I think they're going to go 13-3. and three. 
And that's I think, pretty bold. And I think they're going to get get to the Super Bowl. Um, and beyond, you know, once you get there, it's, who, who the heck knows? But I think thirteen. I mean, I, thirteen and three with this schedule would be uh, an amazing year for them. I think if if these teams. Chiefs, Chargers, Steel. If these teams are even half as good as they're supposed to be on paper, that'll be quite the season for the Colts. Well, you look at last year; they they closed the season nine and one, and then counting playoffs, they were ten and two. Yeah. It, it do, and I hadn't even thought about this. It just works out in my head pretty well. Ten and two. If you're going to extrapolate that in sixteen games, that is thirteen and three. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not why I said that, but that's that's who they were. They were a ten and two team once they figured out Frank Reich, and this team only got better on paper. It just comes down to Andrew Luck. Yeah, and it's not their fault, but in the second half of that season, they had, what, Blaine Gabbert and uh, who is the kid True from Cody also. Kessler. They ran into a bunch uh, of quarterbacks. Derek Anderson got by, brought back from the dead for a week. by good, I mean bad quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, that was um, – but but you're right. I don't want to completely discredit them because they clearly played – and I think with the 1-5 start, Greg, we all – I think we knew that this team was better. Remember the game in Washington where you're like, see, this, this – is what this team could be, and even Philly, they had no business losing that game at Philly. So even after the one and five start, I think the Colts were better than that record showed. But I think maybe the second half, um, a lot of it was the product of, of the schedule and all of that. Uh, can we talk about the pineapple shirt? Uh, we can. We we sure can. You guys can't see this right now, obviously, but this this is a really sharp shirt. I don't think I've ever seen a pineapple shirt before. Yeah, it's a, it's a white shirt with little bitty pineapples on it, and uh, I, I'm trying to hip up my outfit, um, and I, I'm going to say this, and you're, you're wearing the kind of shirt I'm trying to avoid. Apparently, uh, golf shirts are for older men. Oh, really? The, I, that's what someone told me. Uh-oh. Right, and that's I'm all I I'm in trouble. Like, my whole closet is golf shirts. Mine, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was told if you're trying to hip it up a little bit, you need, for short sleeve in the summer, you need full-length button-downs, short sleeve. Huh. Hopefully, form fitting a little bit, and, yeah. and, and your untucks are not too long. So there's a lot of <laughs> the dartboards. There's a small little bullseye, but I hit it with this one, I think. Yeah. But I, so I've got three of these shirts, and and until I and I'm cheap, so I'm not going to buy four probably. You're going to see these three shirts over and over. You're going to see them until they <laughs> fall off my off my shoulders because they've disintegrated from all the washing they're going to get. That, that's what I do too. You you find three things that you feel like you look good in, and then those are the three that you wear. That's but, how I eat too. By the way, I've got four meals and I eat the same four meals. There you every, go. Every day, uh, the same salad every day, right? Same everything. Same yeah. oatmeal. Same salad. Same dessert. Same tuna. Same you name it. I did the skinny jeans, so at least I graduated there. My wife had me dump all of the cargo shorts like three or four years ago. So I've been trying to keep up with the fashion wave, but I can't, this polo jeans, shirt thing is tough for me. I can do the form-fitting a little bit jeans. They're, they're not baggy. I get that because those, those are called dad jeans. Yeah. Uh, no dad jeans. I get that. But, man, the skinny, the, the fit where it's like clinging to you from calf to thigh, clinging. I can't I, – I, I don't – Especially in the summer months. I don't care who says that looks good. It's a little I, tough. I can't put on something that I think, yeah, but it looks – it doesn't look good. It's like bell yeah. bottoms, I think, back in the day. Like I – I could never have worn those, I don't think. I don't you, care what you say. You walk around Fountain Square, and sometimes you'll see dudes in jeans, and they look like they're like painted on them. They're so tight, and you're like, uh, I, I'm on board with the skinny jeans, but I don't know if I could do those jeans, especially in August when it's 90 freaking degrees outside. I feel like, and rough. I could be wrong, but I feel like skinny jeans is going to be our generation, this generation's <laughs> bell bottoms. We're going to look back yeah. and say, why were you wearing those? <laughs> Uh, to wrap up here, Greg, uh, you had a great, a really great column. And the beauty of camp is that you've got – 90 people right 90 stories and I thought you just found an amazing one with Ahmad Thomas and and his background I mean that that really you could take it's four or five things in his life you could take one or two of those and make a great column but when you combine all four and five it's an amazing journey that he's had I debated 
my first reaction actually was to make this a serial, like write five stories. You definitely had enough material for it, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, here's a story. On this day, we're going to write about this. On this day, we're going to write about that. And I mean, in a nutshell, for those who don't know, and Lord knows I've tweeted it out enough. <laughs> those you've, if you haven't read it, you've avoided it because I've tried. Um, it's the, the he was he found out he was adopted at age 16. Didn't know his birth parents, mom and dad, were both 12 when they when he, she got pregnant. 13 when he was born. Taken away from them, told he was going to die, didn't die. Found out he was adopted. Didn't even know he was adopted until actually a cousin texted him during a math test. And he like, you're adopted, really? Anyway, finds out he's adopted later. Because the NFL, the only reason he went and found his birth parents is the NFL, the Chargers and the Packers both found, up, found out some physical traits that they didn't like. You know, mm-hmm. like, we want to know your medical history. Sure. He had to tell them, I don't know. He went and found his parents. His parents have been split apart since, since, uh, since she was pregnant. So they hadn't seen each other since they were age 13. And they're now in their mid-30s. Well, they got together one day in Green Bay, and within a month, they're engaged. And now they're married. It's a, it's a Hallmark movie. It's a sports movie. What he needs is, and Steve Gleason had this one moment in New Orleans, and, and ALS, uh, they're not apples and apples, but Steve Gleason had that block punt in New Orleans mm-hmm. that brought New Orleans back from Hurricane Katrina. And, and they made a movie out of Steve Gleason, in part because of the, I mean, the, the block punt gave him the sports reason. The ALS yeah. is obviously the human reason, but this is a sports movie because he had that block punt. Ahmad Thomas needs a sports moment. And he'll be for much different reasons. He'll be a movie. You think he'll make the team? I hope so. I think just he with will the make, story and everything, or make a team. My guess is if I had to, if I had to bet money, um, he's going to be on the scout team. Okay. And then because the linebacking core is deep, yeah, deep, it deep, is. deep, deep. Like I'm not. Yeah. I mean, Anthony Walker. I'm not sure he's starting, and he was great last year. Mm. So anyway, I think he'll be in the scout team, and then anything goes. Uh, you can check that out, IndyStar.com slash sports. Also, of course, on the IndyStar app. And the next edition of Doyle and Derek will be coming your way soon as well. This was a lot of fun, man. I'm looking forward to future episodes. And uh, if you guys stuck around this long, hopefully you'll stick around for, for more of our podcasts. Yeah, you're a pro. I'm just going along for the ride. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Greg. We got, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.